I think it's a question of making everybody know how many numbers that there are, right? It's not just a vocal minority that there is enough LGBTQI queer perspective here to be a consistent and important voice. They're not just loud people on the outside. You know, we are here and we are in significant number. Um, it's not just something that pops up as a bit of a, a uh, an exotic entity here and there. Isn't that fun? Aren't they colourful? No, no. They're here all the time and they have jobs, they're paying taxes, they are voting in the electorate, they are part of other big movements like the conservation movements, you know. It's not really, as I said, it's the least interesting thing about me, but we are still fighting out there for um, equality and equity and voice. My name is Dane, and I'm a queer woman living on Wadarung country. I work as the Regional Community Engagement Coordinator for Midsummer, and I'm very proud to be part of the team who brought Pride Finder to life. I'd like to begin by acknowledging the lands on which this podcast episode was recorded, the Brykalung lands of the Gunai Kurnai Nation, and pay my respect to Elders past and present. I would also like to acknowledge the traditional custodians of the various lands on which you live, work and play today, and acknowledge that sovereignty has never been ceded. We recognise the important role that art has played on these lands for thousands of years, and feel privileged to work alongside artists continuing the creative practice of one of the oldest surviving cultures in the world. Always was, always will be. The episode you're about to hear is with Kelly, who is the artistic director of Off the Leash Theatre Company in Gippsland. Kelly is an incredibly well-rounded creative practitioner with a career spanning professional ballet and contemporary dancing, choreographing, acting, directing and producing. She speaks passionately about the value of the arts and the importance of bringing relevant work to regional audiences. Kelly is a powerhouse mover and shaker and I hope you enjoy this conversation with her. Let's meet Kelly. So hi, I'm Kelly, Kelly Bray. I've been in Druin, Borborshire, for eight years now. So um, I am a she. Uh, I don't identify as uh, anything but creative, to tell you the truth. Um, as a 58-year-old woman, it's kind of like uh, my sexuality or how I identify is one of the least interesting things about me. So I came to the district purely and simply for family reasons. My father had a stroke. He was placed in care in Bunyip, which is just down the road. And down the road from here, as I'm sure you know, Helene, is about a 15-minute drive, but it's um, a different world altogether, basically. Um, and so not being married with no children, it was a very easy decision to come and be with my mother and um, live with her as we've gone through the journey uh, with of my father in care. My background is completely and utterly as um, oh, as a dancer, as a choreographer, as a te- as a dance teacher, as an actor, producer, writer, etc. In the city, been involved with a lot of independent theatre companies, and coming out here, I just went well. Let's look up and see 
who the creatives are out here and you've got Warrigal Theatre Company and Off the Leash Theatre Company. Warrigal Theatre Company do lovely musicals. They sometimes cross over into mainstream dramatic productions. But Off the Leash were just my kind of tribe and I was welcomed with open arms. So um, what's that, six, seven years down the track now, I am Off the Leash's artistic director um, and we're just going into our 13th year of um, of life, of creative life, and um, got some very big things on the slate for 2023-24. Wow. Okay. And so off the leash, tell me about that. Well, we have um, an extraordinary variety of artists living out here, um, and Jeannie Horton was one of them. We tend to find them in the teaching community. Uh, and Jeannie Horton, about 12, 13 years ago with another colleague who was also a drama teacher um, and a creative instructor, put together this theatre company um, that wanted to be doing devised works at least every two years as part of their foundation and um, challenging theatre, not necessarily anything mainstream. And the idea was to keep bringing uh, contemporary and challenging works to the community do it in non-conventional theatre spaces and gradually build an audience that would follow us to wherever we might perform. Every so often we get some lovely um, sponsorship come through from generous members of the community and every so often we get some funding as well. But pretty much we are lean, mean and hungry. We have no permanent base, so um, we really have to have um, our budget set out as far as where we can hire to rehearse, to store things and then how do we um, how do we get to manifest it all on stage? So, lean, mean, and hungry has pretty much kept us uh, disseminated to the mo- to the essence of creativity. What's going to make the most impact with the least <laughs> the least stuff that we have to buy or put together? Um, and so successfully, we won off the leash. Won the Victorian Drama League Award, which is statewide for best comedy production of 2022. So it just goes to show, like, necessity is the mother of invention and away you go. Mm. Yeah. And why is it important to bring challenging theatre to communities? Well, because somewhere in those stories, which are usually about otherness, a, a different perspective, there's great universal truths. So when you have a, um, a community like um, Borbore Shire and Gippsland in its wider nature that are ostensibly primary industry, very hardworking farmers, you know, 24-7, uh, they often don't get the chance to see the perspective from anybody else's point of view. Um, and it's very, very important that those other perspectives are brought into the conversation. So... Um, I just find there's really exceptional universal truths that are brought to um, brought to bear by theatre works um, that are a little bit more fringy rather than the mainstream <laughs> farces and stuff that I just don't find relevant to um, the Australian community or the Australian regional community. When you're talking about um, comedies that are ostensibly about New York Jews, right? We don't need to do those stories. We don't need to do those accents. So Off the Leash fits that bill of bringing Australian stories to an Australian community. And is there an issue of preaching to the converted, like people who come to watch theatre productions that are, you know, have 
um, different perspective, offer different perspectives that the people who are open-minded are going to come, but the people who, you know, hear that, oh, but that's not what I believe, so I'm not going to see that. How have you broken down those kind of... Um, um, it's a bit like um, an exponential wave. So uh, when you start getting the support of family and friends, ostensibly you're bringing them just to see you on stage and you shine. But when the work translates into a broader relevance and you've got those people, the fathers of performers who are cow cockies, sitting there going like, wow, that resonated with me, all of a sudden you've really got something. So you go absolutely from that core following of people who'll come and watch you read the telephone book to going, this is really good, this is important, I love it, and then they also have ownership of it because they've been part of that broadening wave, that rip, that ripple effect outwards of we are doing really important things in our own community. You want to get behind that off-the-leash theatre company or Warrigal Theatre Company. You want to see what they're doing, you know, and when that starts becoming a ripple of just that person-to-person network, you've really got a bit of a movement happening. So it has definitely changed. Mm. Can, you can see people going, that's the same standard as in the city. You know, so there's that sort of element as well, that there's an ownership mm. of a company that's doing good stuff. Yeah. yeah. So you would say the, the role that I guess the arts can play in communities to change perspectives and to open people's minds is huge. It's essential. Mm. And it's actually, it's like, I've, I always find it's like pulsating in the background, just waiting to explode, you know. It is about um, the farmers' grandkids now being here and being artists. You know, there's a fantastic exhibition of two queer artists about to start here at the Arts Centre on Tuesday. And they're going to have a lot of people here and they're not just coming because these uh, have got something to say about the LGBTQI community. These are our locals doing good, you know, making their stand, having their voices heard. And this is how we get it to the wider community. It's always through the arts, always. It's for me, well, for me it's always the heart and soul, but other people start to go, you know what, a piece of art, a piece of music, a piece of literature, a piece of theatre, they're starting to incorporate it into their uh, leisure schedule. So you came here eight years ago to the region. What would you say, how has the region changed in that time? Significantly. Um, Just from uh, off the leash as audience increasing for a start, you can start to see people get interested, interested. That sounds interesting to me. We're coming from uh, new people starting to audition for the shows or want to be part of the company, either as a cast member or as part of production crews. I can start to see that some of the um, musical theatre companies, such as Warrigal, such as Latrobe Theatre Company, such as Lee and Gather, such as Foster, Wonthaggy, starting to pick much more contemporary themes, you know. It's not enough to just do the old hello dollies or whatever. 
They're now doing kinky boots. They're doing rent. They're doing In the Heights. They're doing all these um, pieces of art and theatre that have got all of these contemporary stories involved. The people want them, they're ready for them, and they sell out. So it's definitely changed with choices of material. Um, There's definitely much more of an encouragement for self-made work as well. It's, I like, this community is about if you build it, they will come, all right? So we've got to learn not just about getting ourselves uh, on stage or into galleries or into performance spaces, but that we have to create our own work and that has changed significantly since I first got here. It's not just now. Oh, what are we going to do? Let's let's go through the let's go through the list. It's now like what can we make? Uh, and that's happening a great deal now. So it's pretty exciting. Yeah, there's that. It's a little cold flame just burning there. Every so often gets a big puff of oxygen to let it go. COVID put us down into a bit of a clump, of course, but now it's just starting to spread like wildfire it really is there's mm. about three new companies that have um come out of come out of covid again we have to make our own work and we have to do it in our own region we have to find the artists within our region we have to build their skill sets we have to bring in people from the outside to make sure that that we're we're on a par with what's going on in city scenarios and we're we're doing okay i think that's what's changed a lot of people wanting to self-generate um, work, self-direct work and find new ways of putting it on, mm. yeah. Has the the conservatism and, you know, discrimination against difference, I guess, um, been got you down at times, like, or frustrated you or how have you coped with? I think uh, no would be the answer to that because... Even the work that we picked, for example, Cosy last year, which is a classic piece of Australian theatre, still taught in um, VCE syllabus, uh, just because the best person for that role, which is a white, cis, male, um, 1970s Monash University student, happened to be a trans man, that role was given to that person. We also changed up um, a – we gender-bended only because the person that auditioned for that role was the best person for it. So it was very easy to shift those roles, even within a very set formula, and nobody reacted badly whatsoever. There was no indignation, even though, you know, you are there as actors, as, as directors to serve the text. We're still not moving away from any of the truths that that um, piece was trying to portray. So uh, we have got a lot of queer people, of course, you know, they're always attracted to the arts, tend to find their, their tribe within uh, creative expressions. Um, and so there's been no pushback. So I haven't ha- found myself or any of my mob having to deal with, they all, we've already got a little bit of um, glitter or tinsel about us because we're performers, we're creative. So, oh yeah, rather than it be, oh, there's that, there's that queer, there's that trans, there's that um, gay, flamboyant person. It's like that's one of the actors. So maybe that's just my perspective. Um, it'd be interesting to find out what the younger people coming through the school system out here have experienced in their life. But from what I can see, because they're all uh, the ones that the people that I know that um, identify in that queer community, 
they are now uh, they've been really well supported throughout their school lives and their family lives, and they are jumping on to boards like they are. There's three members on our um, on our committee that are queer, and they want their stories represented with a queer voice informing it. So. Um, there's not that much push pushback where we're concerned. I, I'm sure it's out there. I'm sure it is, but um, there's a lot. Of, there's a lot of strength when you get with your creative tribe. So, good luck to them. Good luck to anyone that's coming for us. <laughs> <laughs> Tell me a little bit about yourself. Like you, you're uh, where you grew up and um, how you got into the creative industry and um, any challenges you faced along the way. That's interesting because I don't reflect on that a lot because mm-hmm. it's just so it's just like a comfortable pair of slippers. It's who I am. So yes, I grew up in very conservative Glen Waverley, and I went to a non-denominational but very conservative girls' school, St Margaret's in Berwick. Um, and the um, <laughs> the motto of the school when I joined it was um, virtue through hard work. And their um, foundation was to create educated wives for Gippsland farmers. Now, that changed, of course, over the years, but I was already engaged with uh, ballet, classical ballet, at a very high level. So from the get-go, I was already involved with an arts world that had come from a legacy and heritage of European tradition. So whilst women were being trained to be educated wives for farmers at St Margaret's, I'm on a train going to ballet school with the fabulous Martin Rubenstein and Peggy Sager. They were stars of their day. So that was already my world. And then I go to VCA and, of course, I'm surrounded by... Americans and Russians and Cubans and people that came from vastly different backgrounds, but we all spoke the language of dance and creativity. And, you know, I go from classical ballet into contemporary dance. So then you're talking about, you know, minimalist, John Cage, Philip Glass, um, Merce Cunningham style. So, like, I'm already very, very different from my peers. They're still my friends, but, like, I'm just talking a different language basically and of course then that goes and gets translated live performance gets translated into working in hospitality which is theatre 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 the now 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 you know all that performative stuff that we do as um, waiters maitre d's managers of hospitality so we're all engaged in live theatre in some way shape or form Um, so Yes, that just then translates into no longer dancing but starting to join um, some independent theatre groups in the city, writing um, Hospitality the Musical, which didn't have a musical note in it, and presenting it as part of um, Melbourne Food and Wine Festival, Melbourne Fringe Festival, and you start to meet more and more people and end up being involved with this company, that company. Um, So by the time I got out here... Um, I really have a big um, skill set. So no matter what job I've done, be it real estate or hospitality <laughs> or, gosh, you name it, reception, um, cleaning, the through line has always been the arts and the creative industry. Beautiful. I sound like I'm 65, <laughs> <laughs> but I'm not, not yet. What do you think theatre can bring to people's lives who haven't 
necessarily had that upbringing or exposure? Um, it's a very, very good question. Um, for me, I see the light go on. Um, I work now in um, the aged care scenario in social support where we bring people into groups. So we're, we're, we are talking 75 plus and one of my oldest clients is 100 in April. So um, I'm doing an arts-based program whereby I bring paintings and sculptures and things like that and you pass them around and you ask people, some of them with dementia, they have been diagnosed with dementia, just how this makes them feel. And the light goes on and you're, I'm looking at women who were dairy farmers from the minute they were able to carry a bucket on the family property to their own property to when they had to retire, forcibly retired because their bodies just can't do it anymore. They've never had access to the arts, to listening to a piece of music, to looking at a piece of art, to coming to theatre and you just see the lights go on because with the right facilitator, they're going to know that this is just for them. Their opinion and their reaction to what they're seeing, feeling, experience is just there. So I, I do always see the light go on. And whether it be an adult doing a dance class for the first time, being told that they can do it, that's correct, keep going with that, from stepping out of their comfort zone and just reading a piece in a... Um, in a play reading where it's not necessarily to the public but their voice is being heard in amongst some other people going like, oh, it's so scary, but, my God, I did it. You know, there's a real sense of stepping into the breach and some accomplishment and all of those lovely, lovely feelings to savour, like, that's that's me, I'm doing it. So that's what I think the arts brings to people who've never done it. They're curious about it. They're mostly scared. They just need the right person to go, yeah, yeah, over this way, no problem. There's no right or wrong at this point. Just do it. Um, and I think that's a huge gift. It can always be just for you. It goes with you wherever you are, you know, to be able to draw, read, write, paint without any cares about, um, you know, being judged. Go for it. That's, that's what I think it does. Yeah. Mm. And we spoke earlier about how there's a, a lot of regional activation projects happening throughout Gippsland uh, through the Midsummer Festival. Why do you think it's important to have those programs specifically for LGBTQIA plus community pe and people who, who identify? Why do you think it's important to have that focus in regional areas? I think it's a question of making everybody know how many numbers that there are, right? It's not just a vocal minority that there is enough LGBTQI queer perspective here to be a um, consistent and important voice. They're not just loud people on the outside. There's enough people to be able to do these events um, to f to fulfil the content. It's, you know, we are here and we are in significant number. Um, it's not just something that pops up as a bit of a, a uh, an exotic entity here and there. Isn't that fun? Aren't they colourful? No, no, they're here all the time and they have jobs, they're paying taxes, they are voting in the electorate, they are part of other big movements like the conservation movements, you know, 
it's not really, as I said, it's the least interesting thing about me, you know, um, but we are still fighting out there for um, equality and equity and voice. So I think it's really important to know that, yeah, it's it's not a minority movement. It's not something fancy and just a nice little get-together for that tribe here all the time, engaged, involved in not only their own community but everything that that community um, stands for, yeah. Mm. I've been asking people this question uh, and it's what does pride mean to you? I think pride is an ability to just stand on this earth, cut your own space, not be afraid, go forth, find your tribe, be an individual, be part of it, and we are on the shoulders of giants, so know where you come from, but also have a bit of an idea about where you are and where you're going. That's pride to me. Lovely. Is there anything else you would like to say before we... No, other than this is great. I love this little vehicle. It's awesome. I think this is an incredibly valuable project and I look forward to hearing all the stories and the outcomes. Absolutely. (laughs) Excellent. Thank you so much. Thanks, Helene. This podcast is released every Tuesday and Friday and could not have been possible without the support of our local community partners, Midsummer and the Fair of Victoria portfolio of the Victorian State Government. Throughout the series, you will hear firsthand the successes, hopes, dreams, fears and struggles of diverse members of our community. Pride Finder, the Rainbow Road Trip was a travelling project commissioned during the 2023 Midsummer Festival as part of the State Government's initiative, Victoria's Pride. Helen Thomas, an award-winning creative audio producer, journalist and queer ally, developed a mobile story studio with the purpose of encouraging connection, cultivating empathy and preserving people's experiences. As much of Victoria's queer history relies on verbal recount, Midsummer, Helen and the Pride Finder connected with regionally living LGBTQIA plus Victorians to help capture their unique stories. These conversations are frank, honest and reflect the language, thoughts, history and opinions of the individual. Views may not be shared by Midsummer or the Victorian State Government. Please keep yourself safe and refer to the show notes for specific triggers related to each episode. If something in this podcast has made you feel uncomfortable or brought up challenging feelings, please seek support from a loved one or from one of the helplines listed at the bottom of the show notes. 